Hello and welcome to Stewarding Family Wealth on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from Subaru of Gwinnett Studio. I am your host, Randy Brunson. This series is presented by Centurion Advisory Group, serving individuals and businesses who choose to live on purpose. In the studio with me this afternoon is Sandy LaRue, our lead advisor at Centurion Advisor Group, as well as Stephanie Sandridge, our operations manager. Thank you so much for joining us here this afternoon, and today we're going to be talking about avoiding debt. The concept or idea of avoiding debt, it's not new, it's not unique. Anyone that writes about money or teaches about money always emphasizes the value of having less debt than more debt. You can listen to Dave Ramsey, you can listen to Larry, uh, Larry Burkett, Susie Orman, uh, just about any consumer finance columnist will encourage less debt than more debt. There's a simple concept when it comes to debt, and sometimes I express it like this. I personally would rather earn interest than pay interest. And that's in an environment where interest is something less than 1%. You really have to put on your your uh, your glasses and use a magnifying glass to see the interest credits on your account. <laughs> but it's still, I'd rather earn it than than pay it. So we're just going to share some stories today about, about what we've seen. Uh, maybe share a couple of ratios, but it's really just going to be around stories. I, I'll share one ratio with you. We shared this in some writing that we did last year, and we posted it. But many of us... Well, I start to say many of us have homes. I would hope that all of us listening, all of us listening have a home or a place to hang our hat, but many of us have mortgages, okay? And there are some of you listening, your home is paid for. That's a, that's a phenomenal goal is to have your home completely paid for, except for the taxes and insurance component, but have the mortgage paid off. But for those of you that happen to have a mortgage, what we've learned over the years in terms of the ratios between available cash flow and mortgage value and home value, mortgage balance and home value, is in a best case scenario, keep your mortgage balance at no more than two times your household income. So if there's one income in the household, multiply times two, and set a goal of having a mortgage balance at no larger than that number. If there's two incomes in the household and there's confidence that those two incomes will be sustainable long term, then multiply that number times two and make sure your mortgage balance is under that. From a home value standpoint, this is a little different assessment, but from a home value standpoint, if you can keep your home's market value at no more than two and a half to three times annual income, those are good ratios. Mortgage balance 2x annual income, home value no more than let's say 3x, two and a half to 3x annual income. The reason for the mortgage at no more than two times is it gives you the freedom and flexibility to have other to have discretionary cash flow. You don't have all your dollars absorbed in caring for a mortgage and, and other house-related expenses. The reason behind the market value, that's a little different, is this. Okay, every home requires maintenance, upkeep, renovation, and repairs to keep it in good working order and to help it maintain its market value. Mm-hmm. Okay, and the more expensive the home, if your home is worth $200,000, then it will probably take five, $6,000 a year across years to maintain it. If it's worth a million dollars, it will take probably thirty dollars to $50,000 a year. There's a correlation between the value of the home and the amount of money that you need to spend every year to keep, to keep that home in, in good working order and keep up its market value. Okay, And so 
you know, perhaps you're granted a, an enormous sleeve of stock options so that you can buy a million dollar home, but your base and bonus is 200, 250, you will end up allocating a significant portion of your available cash flow to maintaining the home. So that's, that's the reason for some of those ratios. But away from those ratios, let's talk about story. Sandy, talking about debt in general, what, what stories can you share with us from your life experience? What have you learned about debt? Do you prefer debt? Do you prefer no debt? How have you handled it when you've had debt? Just a story you want to share? Growing up, just real quick, I was always a big saver. So that was always uh, something I had learned. But later on in life, you know, going through school and stuff, it was a little different. Um, learned the hard way how credit cards worked and was quick to get out of that. And never. And my intention was never to make that mistake again, which was to run up balances and not being able to pay them off every month. And then the interest would accrue more than what you could afford to pay every month. So I learned that at a young age, and so my desire has been and, and continues to be, if I use a credit card, I use it like I'm paying out of my checking account. I don't charge more than what I can pay for each month. So that's, and so I track my expensing expenses that way. Um, I don't always, I don't know necessarily that I would recommend that to everybody, because not everybody, you have to be in the mindset and being intentional, making sure that you pay that off every month. Because if one time you can't, then you get into this downward cycle of not being able to pay it off. And so I wouldn't recommend that unless you know that you can just stay on top of that one. For me, in terms of a mortgage, uh, when in another episode we talked about what had happened, my husband had a serious accident uh, back in 2007. And um, we had an expensive home and nice cars and, and whatever. And so when he had his accident, our life changed. We had to shut our business down. Everything I did was taking care of him. So um, we ended up having to let our house go. It was right when the whole market went so we were kind of among all the others everyone's like aren't you lucky aren't you happy that everybody else is going through it too and I'm like no Uh, that doesn't make me feel any better so the day that I was able we were able to say up save up and buy another house again um, was an exciting day so I take it seriously the mortgage I don't like having debt at all but I understand that I'm investing in a home so it's a different thing but like when it comes to a vehicle yeah, I think cars are beautiful and oh, isn't it nice to have a new car? What I don't like is that as soon as I drive off the lot, I owe the, I owe more on the car than what it's worth right after I drove off. So my preference is to buy a used car, preferably save for it. If I'm not in that position, then I'll buy a used one and I and I don't like having a car payment more than a couple hundred dollars a month because I want to be able to manage it and have money for other things like I have a grandbaby I'd rather have my money and go buy her stuff or do stuff with her or my children than to pay on something that you know after a while you drive in the car and you like it but it's it doesn't have the same excitement it did when you first got it right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of so you have to remember that when you go and get into debt for something so that's that's my thinking so yeah I'm not a big fan of debt I understand completely. And I agree with you, by the way. I, I like your approach to that. And again, those are simply decisions. Okay, I'd rather spend my money here on the grandbaby than on mm-hmm. having a, a new car every two years and the expense, the payments that come with that. If, mm-hmm. if Or if you pay cash for it, which many people do. Yes. You know, we, we know a number Safe of people just from our practice and their mm-hmm. position they pay cash but still if you're going to if you're going to buy a new car every two years you're still coming out of pocket and in fact I'll tell you a story about a lady she drives a 20 year old toyota corolla is <laughs> yes. that right yep 
Yeah. Okay. And she's proud of it. Yeah. That, that <laughs> it, it has a cash value of about three and a half dollars. You know, it gets her where she wants to go. But, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, she, she has, she has enough in, in petty cash probably to buy five new ones, doesn't she? Oh, at least. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, and that's just petty cash. That's not a real money, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, uh, she, she makes her quiver with anxiety to think about going to buy a new car. And I, I have to spend that money you know it's, it's just a phenomenal attitude about money and so uh, uh that, that kind of thing but it works for her that approach works for her solomon one of the wisest and wealthiest men that ever walked the planet said that the borrower is servant or slave to the lender that's true he said if you don't have the money to pay your bed will be snatched out from under you yes you can lose your house mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so anyway stephanie tell us uh, just share a story with us about your experience with debt have had just a little bit of it. (laughs) I don't care for it. Similar, you know, I think, I don't know, this might be a little bit common for people in their early 20s, the credit card thing. My family went through that as well. And as soon as we got it paid off, that's it. We don't have credit cards at all, where you're comfortable, you know, managing your expenses with it in a certain way. Yeah. I'm not quite that comfortable with it. So we paid off our credit cards and we don't own them. And so if we need to have a large expense, we try to save. I will tell you though, honestly, home owning, we did have something come up that we didn't anticipate. We had the cash, but that would have completely depleted our savings. So we went ahead and decided to finance or get a loan for that. But what we did was we paid it off, you know, in half the time. And now (laughs) I just continued making that payment, even though it's paid off. I've continued making that payment in that account to save up for the next thing that might come along. Um, That way I'm not caught off guard and I can have the cash to pay for it instead of having to get a loan. So that's two experiences that I've had. I'm not a fan. It just causes... Again, there's a time and a place, right? but sometimes, and I think, you know, for some people it just causes unnecessary stress and worry and concern and, you know, can be a cause of tension in the household. And I think the sooner people figure out how they're comfortable with it, first of all, like right. how do I relate to it and get on the same, if you're married, you know, get on the same page with that, then you can come up with a plan for how you're going to choose to engage it in your life. I Good. Think, I think that's the key. Being on the same page, I think, is very important. It is. It really is. And that, that takes, well, I've been married for several years. And, and, you know, you continue to study how that works, don't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, at this point, Trisha and I are just thrilled to be together, thrilled to be healthy and living and together. And, and, and I'm, I'm very, very grateful. But it does take con- continual focus on understanding and loving and learning and I've learned to trust her heart you know just I trust her heart completely so you know that and that and, and that's and that that's so valuable the uh the one story I'll take a couple of minutes here and share a story it's just one of these stories I remember from years ago but it was so instructive about debt All right, and again the story comes from my grandfather the one that I've referenced in other episodes and his name is Cliff Cliff Adams and uh, the story itself goes back to the 60s. I was probably in the mid-60s. I was 19 or 11, something like that. And my grandparents had this, uh, it's, it's called a plat map, P-L-A-T-T. And a plat map, for, it was Rogers County, Oklahoma, which is where my grandfather was born and I was born and my mother was born. It mostly rural. It's the county east of Tulsa. And the plat map 
had the sections of land laid out in the county. So it was like a, a pen and paper drawing mm-hmm. of, of the section. Now, uh, for those of you not familiar with the, with the Great Plains, a section of land is one mile square, and it's 640 acres. So, uh, and, and often you drive across the Midwest, if it's wheat land, it'll be open. If it's cattle land, it'll be in, under a barbed wire fence. And so, so a section of land is one mile square. Uh, a quarter of a section is 160 acres, okay? And so this, this plat map had the entire county laid out in quarter section lots. So if somebody owned as little as a quarter of a section, it had their name written in there, okay? And by the way, Rogers County is named for Will Rogers' dad. That's too much information, but just random <laughs> trivia. And if you don't know Will Rogers, look him up. Okay, yeah. it's very quotable. One of Will one of one of uh, Will Rogers' uh, quotes that I like the most. He said that he was not a humorist; that all he did was watch Congress and report the facts. So, uh, uh, yeah. But Grandpa had this this plat map of the county, and in the lower half of the plat map, okay. There was section after section after section after section that had the McFarland name on it. The, the, the family's last name was McFarland, okay? And there must have been, you know, 15 or 20 or 30 sections with the McFarland name on there. Wow. That's thousands of acres of land. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pasture, okay? And then just south of the McFarland land, there was the Deems, D-I-E-M. It was a, it was some folks that, you know, generations before had come from Germany and settled and and, and they also owned 20 or 30 or 40 sections, okay? And I knew that the families were cattle ranchers. Grandpa and I talked about it, and, you know, I, I knew some of the McFarlands. I didn't know any of the Deems, but I knew some of the McFarlands. And, um, and, but the families were had big cattle operations, okay? Just mm. uh, thousands and thousands of acres, hundreds and thousands of head of beef cattle. And so I said to Grandpa, I said, how did the Deems and the McFarlands end up with this much property? So he told me a story. Mm. He said that during World War One, the price of beef was going up. First takeaway is war is generally good for the economy because the government's spending money. But uh, the price of beef was going up during World War One because the army was buying a lot of beef mm-hmm. to ship overseas to feed the soldiers, converting mm-hmm. it to a transportable form and that kind of thing. And so the price of beef was going up. And he said that many of the local ranchers what they would do is they would buy additional land to raise more cattle, but they would finance that land by borrowing from the bank. So they'd borrow money, buy land, expand their cattle herds, and sell for higher and higher prices. And he said then the war came to an end, and the price of beef went down, and the local ranchers that had debt financed their land couldn't make their payments to the bank. And so they needed to sell, or the bank was going to take their land. And Grandpa said there were two families in the county that did not borrow money to buy land. What they did is they raised cattle, they sold cattle, and they saved their money. Mm-hmm. That was the Deems and the McFarlands. And so when all of the other ranchers needed to sell their land or let it go back to the bank, when the other ranchers needed to sell, the Deems and the McFarlands were buying. So it doesn't matter if it's cattle ranches, if it's pasture land, if it's residential real estate, if it's businesses, if it's stocks, it it doesn't matter what you're buying. The absolute best financial position to place yourself in is to be extremely careful, minimize your debt load, always, always have a huge cash reserve. 
because opportunity abounds. Opportunity is everywhere. Mm -hmm. As messy as some of the communist countries are, and communism is not America's friend. But as messy as some of the communist countries are, let's take Russia for an example. Russia has still generated a number of multi-billionaires. How? I don't know. That may be that may be like laws and sausages. We just don't need to know how they're made. (laughs) Okay. But the point is, opportunity is everywhere. So opportunity is always around us. Okay. Opportunity is always around us, and the way you capitalize on opportunity is by continuing to learn by having a, a small group of trusted advisors. Going back to Solomon, he said there's both wisdom and safety and an abundance of advisors. So have, have a group of advisors that you go to for counsel and put advice, how does this work? Is this a good idea for me at this point in my life? You know, some of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Always have cash and when opportunity presents itself, when others, are, n- others need to sell, that creates buying opportunities so that we can relieve them of whatever the circumstances are that are creating this need to sell. And it allows us to pick up an asset at a meaningful price that can serve us and our family's wealth. So mm-hmm. that's the that's a story for the day. Uh, Sandy, any, uh, any final comments? Mine is just be careful with the debt. I just, you know, minimize it. I'm with, I'm with you. Steph, what about you? I agree. Well, good. Uh, Steph and Sandy, thank you both for joining us on today's episode of Stewarding Family Wealth. Uh, Keep in mind, friends, we do appreciate you joining us for this episode of Stewarding Family Wealth presented by Centurion Advisor Group, where we bring our purpose, perspective, and processes to bear. Those of you who are families who want to build wealth, transfer your assets and values across generations, learn to give generously, reduce your tax bill, and find ways to invest it aligned with your values. You can visit Centurion AG to learn more. And don't forget that you can enjoy these episodes anytime on Business Radio X. Select the Gwinnett Studio and then click on Stewarding Family Wealth. And you can also find them at iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. <music>